does poverty cause violent crime? Well, if it does, you'd hear about a bunch of armed robbers stealing diapers. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Coleman Hughes is talking to Raphael Manguel in his latest podcast. And they're talking about crime. I mean, it's stuff that I've already said, but anyways, apparently Raphael, he wrote the book. He wrote a book on it. They're talking about how people think that violent crime is caused by poverty, but in fact, the two things do not track. Like, if you get graphs out of violent crime and poverty, when you see violent crime go up, a lot of times you see poverty go down, vice versa. And they haven't, I'm sure they'll mention it later in the podcast, I'm partway through, but they haven't said that all this stuff is happening, you know, after the George Floyd summer love. But uh, a whole bunch of cities are almost breaking their murder records or are are breaking their murder records. Like Philadelphia broke their all-time murder record recently. All the records were set in like early 90s, like 91 I think was the peak of crime. It's been going down. It was going down, 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 down until uh, recently, until some sort of summer of love. But Baltimore is getting back to its early 90s level of murders. Uh, Chicago, too. Apparently, Indianapolis. You never hear about Indianapolis anymore. Anyways, Indianapolis, uh, Louisville. Anytime someone brings up Louisville, I want to tell my story about Louisville basketball. And so, the University of Kentucky is almost the greatest basketball school uh, ever. I think, you know, North Carolina and Duke are the best ever. After that, it's Kentucky. But then the big city in Kentucky is Louisville and... The University of Louisville is pretty darn good at basketball also. And I imagine the players, I mean, you know, generally super good basketball players are black. I don't know if you ever heard of that. But in any case, black people who live in Kentucky, they usually live in Louisville, the city, whereas like, you know, the white yokel Ocals live in the countryside. And so white people in Kentucky root for the University of Kentucky. They put, you know, University of Kentucky bumper stickers on their truck. And then black people in Kentucky, they they root for the University of Louisville. And then there's a, whatever, within one state, a big-time rivalry between those two um, colleges and their basketball teams. And like I say, Kentucky's always great. Louisville, like, was super great maybe 10 years ago. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're a little more inconsistent. Whatever. They're not the third-best basketball college basketball team ever like the University of Kentucky is. But they're a good team. And they can compete, you know, they, uh, whatever, they will bite at the ankles of Kentucky and really give them a hard time. But anywho, back to murder, they said something interesting, because, you know, I think like the, the stereotype, or maybe just the, the idea you have in your mind, left over from the 90s, is that, you know, gangbangers, they kill each other, kill each other over turf, drug turf, you know, turf where they sell their drugs and make money. So they kind of kill each other over money in a roundabout way. You know, your enemy is on your corner. Well, that's taking money out of your pocket, so you kill your enemy. And I've said that's not how it is today. Like, Hispanics have taken over drug dealing, I think, mostly. So anyways, it's just gangbangers are not the same thing as drug dealers anymore. They still kill people, but they're not, they don't make money. They don't make money doing nothing. And the way I would describe it, have described it, is that, you know, your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend comes sniffing around, and so you kill him. And so, and I think that is still true. A lot of people get killed over women, over 
you know, that part of the woman that's between their legs. But here's the part I didn't know, and this makes a certain amount of sense, but it's still over turf. Now, the turf may not be making you any money, but it's still, you know, that's, that's where you and your friends hang out, and you don't want, I guess, someone else coming into your turf and what disrespecting you, so you might kill them. And so Raphael was talking, he, he, I guess he, well, he wrote a book. He wrote a book about it, and to, to write that book, he had to do a bunch of research, and he went around and, you know, went on ride-alongs or something with Chicago police and talked to, I guess the Chicago police have some sort of, you know, computers. Computers have been invented since the 90s, and so they got some sort of tracking computer department, blah, blah, where they can, anyways, what they do is they follow gang members' social media. And so Raphael is saying, like, one way that someone might get killed is they will go on to, you know, some gangbanger will go on to some other gangbanger's turf and record themselves, you know, saying, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm on the street, I'm on the, I'm on the corner of, you know, 6th and 54th, where you at? And he'll put that on Instagram or whatever, you know, anyway, whatever, Snapchat, I don't even know. But he'll put that on social media, I doubt Facebook, for his grandma, and then, you know, few days later he'll be dead he'll be like here's where we're at we killed you and coleman was saying that if you want to know why people kill each other um you can listen to rap songs i mean coleman is a young black man he's also a rapper he's very talented he went to juilliard he plays uh he played uh jazz he's a jazz musician and a rapper but he mentions a few rap Rappers, rappers that I never heard of. He's like, you know, apparently these are the real criminal rappers. You know, a lot of rappers pretend to be criminals. Anyway, some of them really are, were criminals. And he says, you can just listen to their songs and understand, you know, and they'll tell you exactly why they would kill someone or their friend killed someone, etc. And he said, it's always about respect. It's just like, um, like an old cowboy movie where, you know, someone spits tobacco on your shoe or insults your wife or whatever and then you got to kill them but so people don't kill other people because of poverty that's the point it's not you know the rappers are not telling a story about how their kid was starving and they stole a loaf of bread and then whatever to get that bread to their kid they had to kill someone for whatever reason and so what that means you know for the politicians for the the woke uh Democratic politicians mostly, um, you know, reducing poverty, wonderful, great thing to do. But the point of reducing poverty is only to reduce poverty because poverty sucks. Reducing poverty is not the way to decrease the murder rate and a bunch of other types of violent crime. So Raphael tells a little story. He grew up in the, or hung out in a bad part of New York back in the day. I mean, it just makes me feel like a total pussy. Like, I, I could I could not hang with this stuff. You know, being in high school and spending time with a friend of mine up at Washington Heights, and it was just like, it was very nonchalant. That like, oh, you guys have beef, you have to fight. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was this concept called, you know, on-site. You'd say, like, that means, like, okay, someone, it got back to you, like, it's on-site with someone. So that means the next time you see each other, no matter where you are, you can be in the middle of a McDonald's, you can be at school, you can be, the next time you cross paths, punches are thrown, no words are said. And that was just kind of accepted as the norm, but 
that was on the weekend. Then I'd go back to Long Island for school, you know, Monday through Friday. And it was a very, you know, none of the kids I went to high school thought like that. And, and Coleman is talking about a study, I guess, of gangbangers who became dads. And they found that when their girlfriends became pregnant, the amount of violent crime they committed dropped by 30%. And apparently it stayed lower after that. So having a kid equals less violent crime. And it makes me think, I was listening to the Gad Sad podcast, and he's saying they've done tests on people, on men's testosterone, and when they have a kid, their testosterone goes down. And I can't remember how how long he said that happened, but it, it doesn't last forever. Eventually it goes back up, but so I don't know. If you have a kid, it goes down for you know maybe a year or something, and then you're right back to the raging bull that you always were. And he didn't mention if your testosterone goes down while your girlfriend is pregnant, but sounds like maybe, maybe that's true. I mean, evolution, it just, you know, evolution has a knob. The knob is your testosterone level. And evolution is like, turns it up sometimes and it thinks that, that'll, you know, that will create another generation of you and turns it down when they think, oh, you know what, we've got to protect, protect this generation or your, the next generation of you. And it's funny, so they're saying... You know, a reduction in violent crime when you have a kid, like, that's the, that's the opposite of the idea that poverty causes crime because, you know, kids are expensive. And they're joking that, you know, oh, now you got to go rob a liquor store to buy diapers. But, you know, that isn't what happens. So I don't have kids. I don't know what it's like. But, anyways, when Gad Sad was talking about it, it's because he was talking to uh, Constantine Kissin, who's a from the trigonometry podcast he's going around and interviewing or being interviewed by all the big podcasts for whatever reason right now maybe he wants money but he mentioned that he had a kid and then it changed his view you know like you know before it was all about himself i guess um you know now there's this helpless baby that needs to be taken care of and that's all standard stuff but the other thing he said was like his podcast is big enough, you know, he's rich enough, whatever, that he has employees. And so when he had the kid, he also, I mean, basically it makes you feel like, you know, you, you feel more like a mother. You, you feel motherly. You know, you may be the father, but you feel motherly towards the child, to put it one way. And he was saying that he also felt more motherly towards his employees after he had the kid. And that was when Gad Sad came in with the punchline that your testosterone goes down when you have a kid. Well, and to say that my little theory that I just created here in two seconds about lower testosterone equals lower crime. I mean, obviously there's no proof of that. I haven't done no study. Um, and they're throwing out some other possible ideas, which is like, you know, if your girlfriend is pregnant, she can't drink. So, you know, you and her are not going out to parties, getting drunk and getting in fights. Or maybe you got to work extra hours at your job to pay for, well, I guess not. I was going to say an abortion. Anyways, whatever, the opposite of an abortion. It makes me think, there's a podcast I was listening to, and the one guy asked the other guy, like, do you know anyone who's been murdered? And so I asked that question of myself, and you, you, dear listener, should ask yourself, do you know anyone who has been murdered? Now, I had like a, I don't know what he was, maybe a, a great uncle twice removed, like, I mean, I never knew him, he, he's been dead for a hundred years, but he killed his family. Like when my grandma got old and had dementia and didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, anyways, in her 
assisted living or whatever it was. Memory care. When you're real bad, they call it memory care. That's a nice way of saying uh, jail. But anyways, my grandma, she had a picture. She had a family picture, like an old black and white picture from... I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like I say, like a hundred years ago, just a crazy old picture. And when she couldn't remember nothing, she didn't know who I was, she didn't know who she was, but she would, she remembered, she'd point at the one guy, you know, whatever, it was her, her cousin or whatever it was, she'd point at the guy who murdered his family and she'd be like, bad man. But to exaggerate a little bit more, um, Raphael is talking about, like, if you, if you get a map of America and throw a dart at the board... You will probably hit a place that has no murders. And then, you know, the kind of the famous place, you know, the various neighborhoods in Chicago or whatever, the famous places where murders happen, it's small. It's a small section of Chicago where they just have a ton of freaking murder. So, you know, I guess if you live there, it's like, hey, do you know anyone who's got murdered? They're like, oh, yeah, I know 10 people got murdered. And the point of that is that it's not really a national thing. Like, you know, we're like, oh, there's this many murders in America this year. So it sounds like, oh, well, America needs to do something. Like, all of America needs to do something to get this murder rate down. But it really is these little teeny neighborhoods here and there, they need to be sorted out. And then the murders will go way down. Obviously, all across America, men will still kill their wives and whatnot. But Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.